Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, November 7th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Matic Monday, hosted by the Matic Man. Let's take a listen. Polygon is here. There's no need to fear. Matic's here to stay, here to save the day. No matter what they say, Matic is here to stay. Welcome to Matic Monday with the Matic Man. So excited to have you in this space. I've been looking forward to this hour for several days as we finalized the, the content and as we finalized our guest, I'm excited about what we're going to experience in this next hour. But before we get started, would you do me a favor? Could you help me by tweeting out about the space? We want as many to hear these great guests today. So if you will just take a moment, tweet out about the space, I'd really appreciate it. And I hope you had a great weekend. And I'm looking forward to this week. It's already Monday night, 10 p.m. here in Beijing. It's different time. Maybe it's morning where you're at. Maybe it's early afternoon. But whatever time it is, it's time for Matic Monday. And I just wanted to share something with you about the creator economy. Did you know that 30% of people ages 18 to 24 And 40% of people ages 25 to 35 call themselves content creators. That was an astounding statistic to me. And 46% of creators consider themselves to be full-time creators. The top types of creators are educational creators, bloggers, coaches, writers, and artists. And the average amount of time spent creating content by these creators, they say, is one to five hours a week. And content creators say their top challenge is getting their content found online. 61% of content creators say they post content for fun. 34% say they post because they're passionate about the content they share. And 31% post content to explore a new potential hobby. And uh, most often, full-time content creators create social media posts. Uh, Some use emails, newsletters, and others write articles or blogs. And the top earning types of creators are educational creators, coaches, podcasters, influencers, and marketers. Now, just how extensive is the creator economy? Matic, man, we lost you. Hopefully, you can still hear me. We still haven't got you back, uh, Tony, uh, just to let you know. Um, I don't think anyone else can hear you. I can't either. Can you guys hear me now? We got you now. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Eric? I am mm-hmm. I, yeah, yep. I can hear you. Okay, okay. I, I am here in, in Beijing and been having a difficult time in the last several weeks with my uh, VPN. And so if I rug again or if if it messes up again, you if you don't mind taking over, Corey, one of you guys take over until I can get connected again. I apologize. But uh I don't know where 
where I left off, but the creator economy. And I don't know of any three guests that I could have in this space tonight to talk about this than the three that we have today. I am a big sports fan. And the Major League Baseball World Series in the United States just finished. And that was filled with all-stars. And tonight we have an all-star lineup for you. And the lineup tonight, we have EQ, a founder of Alchemy Meta, the co-founder of MetaMystic Superheroes. And he's been building Web3 brands since January of 2021. He's a crypto educator who's taught hundreds of students the tools necessary to be successful traders in any market. And listen to this, he has 56,000 followers on TikTok. And so we're gonna hear in a moment from EQ. And then also we have Eric Choi with us tonight. And he has an incredible newsletter called the Web3 Growth Story. And I've gotten to know him in recent weeks. Uh, He's put out some incredible threads on Polygon, a very talented writer. Uh, He's a graduate of Harvard also a graduate of Notre Dame. Uh, he, he's lived in Seattle, Atlanta. He's currently in Seoul and just an incredible individual. And uh, we were in a space together hosted by One Planet last week. I really enjoyed that. And he has almost 10,000 followers now on Twitter. And so we're looking forward to hearing from Eric. And then our dear friend, Dave Swimbank, uh, he does so much. <laughs> I, I, I really wonder when he sleeps, of course, He's known for uh, founder of Polygon Alliance. He's got some crypto, uh, some NFT projects. He does a daily Twitter space. Uh, this is not a shill. And uh, just incredible what he does for this space. He's an ambassador for One Planet. And he, in just about a year's time, has accumulated almost 27,000 followers on Twitter. So incredible, incredible what he's done and the influence he's built, especially in the Polygon space and around uh, Web3 in general. So we're excited about this all-star lineup. Again, I encourage you to tweet out the room. Uh, Let's take a moment and follow each other. Uh, Let's support one another. And I'm gonna stop talking because I wanna hear from EQ. EQ, give us your story. How did you become such an influential person in the Web3 space? Thank you so much, Tony, for the amazing intro. And thank you for everyone that's up here speaking. Eric, Dave, it's really nice to meet both of you and appreciate everyone for being in the audience as well. Dave, I just I want to just let you know that I'm probably going to DM you after this because I do want to connect with you about uh, MetaMystic Superheroes and Polygon Alliance. But to, before we get into all of that, um, yeah, I'm EQ. I'm one of the fo- I'm the founder of Alchemy Meta, which is our crypto education platform. And then I'm also one of the co-founders of MetaMystic Superheroes. My amazing other founder for MetaMystic is in the audience, MetaMystic Sammy. So make sure to go give her a follow as well and go follow the MetaMystic Superheroes account on Twitter. We had to restart it. Um, we had, we got suspended like, I was it like a month or two months ago? I don't even remember at this point, but we're building the new account. So be super, super appreciative if you could follow us there. Um, so my journey started in, hmm, let's see where we get started. So I've been trading Forex since around 2014, a foreign exchange market for anyone that doesn't know. Um, that's just trading like US dollar and the Japanese yen and the British pound and things like that, the euro and trading different currencies. So that's really where my educated platform came from. I also have my master's degree in marketing from the University of Denver. And I also have a master's certificate in strategic innovation and change, which is just, you know, essentially the study that the landscape of every market and every industry is forever changing. 
So it's basically being able to scale and build any sort of business and any sort of um, marketplace, knowing that the landscape will change and that things will not forever be the way they are now. Um, so with those things in mind, I was actually a marketing director for a cannabis a brand in Denver. I was uh, in charge of their wholesale and I also ran all of their store locations. So they had three store locations in Denver and Aurora. And then in uh, the wholesale side, we, we supplied, I think, 15 stores by the time I left. Um, I built that brand from scratch with them, um, just created the new name, new colors, new everything for their wholesale because um, the major issue that we were facing was that we already had a lot of competition and they didn't want to have our wholesale products in their stores. So what we wanted to do was uh, create a new brand where it was still the same company, but a different name so that people didn't realize it and then put it on the stores. And then we had our product in all of our competitor stores before they even realized that it was our brand. And then by that time, they didn't even take them off the shelves because they were selling so well. So we were, we were able to really like, you know, implement ourselves within that ecosystem. So that's kind of my marketing background and kind of where I started building brands. And what was super helpful for me in that industry is that it's highly competitive and you're not allowed to really market on the internet or social media, run ads, do anything like that because it's cannabis. So you have to be very specific and, and do a lot of really unique marketing tactics and, and brand building tactics in order to properly market your and find the right audience for the product. So that really helped me moving into crypto because when I left that job, um, I decided to go full time into the crypto space. Um, I've been investing in crypto since around October of 2020. Um, for anyone that's in here and interested, one of the best investments that I made, hilariously enough, is Dogecoin. So sometimes you can't even predict the best performers because sometimes they'll just jump out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, with that in mind, I really got into the crypto trading side of things. Um, and then from there, built Alchemy Meta, um, created our academy and our Discord group and our trading group and everything like that. Um, so far in the last two years, we've had over 300 students on Udemy. We've maintained a 4.7 star rating out of five, which we take a lot of pride in. And that's just another you know, testament to what we do and what we bring to the community in terms of education. And then we took it to the next level with MetaMystic Superheroes. We wanted to create this new Web3 NFT brand that could really influence and change the next generation of, of onboarding. Again, because of strategic innovation and change. I was one of those fortunate kids. When I was born in the 90s and 91. So I got to experience the, the tech boom. And I was raised on computers. And I got to, to basically you know, go through the whole experience of computers as a child. And it changed my life completely. So with that in mind, I see all these people, all these, I would say, older people that, uh, you know, were calling, you know, Internet a, a bus and that it was a bubble and it wasn't going to go anywhere. Now we see where that transitioned to. So I kind of get that same general feeling when I'm in the Web3 space. And that's really what drove my passion into the space was understanding the underlying technology and knowing how it could really influence and change the future of the world. And not only that, just all the, the overall benefits, being able to, to cross borders with money without you know, actually carrying it. Because uh, before John McAfee died, for example, he did an interview and he said, one of the most valuable parts of crypto is the ability to cross across a border. Because if I had $10 million in cash or $10 million in gold, and I try to go from one border to the other, more than likely, I'm going to have a pretty big problem trying to cross with that money. Whereas with my crypto stuff, all I got to do is remember the, the seed phrase in my mind. And then I can go wherever I need to be and access that money. So as long as I can stay alive, I'll be able to access that money. So these are just, you know, a couple few things 
I'll, uh, I'll let some other amazing people that are up here tell their story. But yeah, that's really what drove my passion to the space and jumped in head first and kind of based on the stats you said, I would consider myself a, a full-time educator. I do create a lot of content. Um, I have around yeah, 56,000 on TikTok. There's around 11,000 on YouTube. Uh, we can go into you know the basis a little bit more in the conversation of how to focus what attention where. But yeah, I do agree with those numbers. I think they're pretty accurate. I would just say that my average amount of time spent <laughs> is significantly higher than that one to five hours per week. I'm jealous of that. But no, I do. I mean, I just I, I'm all over the place. So typically I'm working eight to 12 hours a day, you know, Monday through Friday. That's a great introduction. And we're going to come back EQ to you. We're going to ask more questions. We're going to have everyone introduce themselves. But before we move to our next guest, and to get them to introduce themselves. I know Sammy, a co-founder of MetaMystic Superheroes, is also in the space. And, and we love and appreciate you guys so much. And I know you know that. You guys have become dear friends to me personally and to our project. And, and we were going to announce just a special promotion uh, for starting this week. And so I'm going to get Sammy up to it. Can we get Sammy up to speak here? I want her to be, is she, I think she's in the space. I think, I saw, oh, there she is. Okay. Sammy, I'm going to have you come up as well, and then we just want to mention our promotion. And while we're getting her up, I did want to recognize some others that are in the space. Always good to see our friends from SEVA, uh, Joe and Lars. They're like partners with us in our project and other projects as well. Uh, they're growing quickly in the Web3 space. Uh, they're engaged to earn protocol. Protocol is just amazing. And Joe and Lars, we love you guys. Appreciate you so much. And Neil from Datorians. In fact, I've uh, given him. Uh, the the mic. I'm going to have him, if he doesn't mind, to speak in a little while. He's doing an incredible job helping bring the Polygon community together with some massive uh, mega spaces. And we're going to talk to him about how he, if he doesn't mind, he can share how he's built a brand and been able to become someone who's a leader now in this ecosystem. But Sammy, so good to have you in the space. Tell us about this special promotion. Hello, good morning, good evening. What's up, everybody? I was actually <laughs> brushing my teeth when you called me to the microphone, so I was like, spit, wash. Um, okay, so our promotion. Hello, I am the other co-founder of Metamistic Superheroes um, and the artist as well. Today, we are going to start on the topic of marketing. We were thinking of how we can strategically plan to accelerate both of our mint processes. So um, it's been about a month since the Crypto Crew and the Metamistic Superheroes have gone live. And we are so grateful for the success thus far, but we want to kick things up a little bit. So what we're going to do is, if you mint a Metamistic Superheroes, you will get a BOGO for the Crypto Crew NFT. If you mint a Crypto Crew NFT, you will get a BOGO for the Metamistic Superheroes. So we are partners, so we are going to be splitting everything 50-50. Um, the space is beautiful and meant to be shared. So there's room for everybody. And that's our little BOGO sale for this week. Thank you, Sammy. And again, we appreciate you guys so much. Glad that we can partner with you. And I think, you know, one thing about being a partner project is really wanting each other to be successful. And it's one thing just to say we collab with someone, but I think taking steps, uh, real steps to try to help one another and I know I'm looking forward to Dave speaking in a few moments as well, because he's always taking those steps. And I, again, I, know, I think that's one of the reasons he's become such a big influencer in our ecosystem. But thank you, Sammy. 
Eric, man, I'm so excited to have a Harvard grad in our midst and so excited to I'm, this friendship that we're developing uh, right now. We're over here in the same part of the world. We're both in Asia right now. Of course, as I mentioned, he's in Seoul and just been so impressed with you. Eric, tell us how you've grown uh, your brand and, and maybe some of your plans as well moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me today. It was a great meeting up with you last week. And then Eric, can you hear me? Just grateful to be. Yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you both. If that helps, it probably doesn't. Same. Yeah. Everyone hear okay. me? Okay. Did I get, did I get rugged again? Can you hear us, Tony? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. So I don't think you Hello. can hear the co-host. I think Eric's talking, but he can't, you can't hear him. Okay. All right. Oh. Sammy, did you, you have a question then? where we're waiting on Eric? I Eric is speaking, so um, he was going to start his introduction. But what I was going to say is that those BOGO mints do include the Alchemy Meta Academy. So if you mint, um, you do get access to Alchemy Meta's trading group and all that fun stuff he was mentioning before. I thought that was important since we were discussing the educational stuff. So, but Eric Choi, um, we can hear you. Okay, so I'm sorry, oh, okay. it's on my end. I apologize. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just saying. Yeah, thanks for having me today. We were able to build a pretty good relationship last week through the One Planet uh, Twitter space. So I'm glad to be here today as well. I started my crypto journey as a software engineer after I graduated from my master's degree in data science. I was working at a small startup in Washington, DC, and then I had an opportunity to prototype an NFT marketplace at that time. So that was my first technical exposure to the NFT and the Web3. And then I left the firm and then I prototyped a DeFi protocol on Polygon. So that's where I had a were able to build a lot of good relationships with the Polygon organization. I had a accounting support, marketing support, and then I even got the grant from the Polygon organization. So yeah, I'm just happy to be able to maintain that relationship with the Polygon organization. And for now, I didn't really launch that DeFi protocol. I uh, moved on to the NFT world where, where I, um, I've been writing like articles about um, how different NFT projects were successful. Like for example, how Azuki started from the beginning, their success process, things like that. And, and that's been going pretty well. Got us some um, good traction on Twitter, on my Twitter thread and then my Substack newsletter. So I've been doubling down on that investment in terms of my time management. And then also I've been working, I've been able to connect with um, great Web3 individuals in Korea. So we're trying to uh, build a retail brand super powered by the NFT. So it, we're in the stealth mode right now, but hopefully I can disclose some details in the coming weeks. I guess it's our job to tell him that he's done. Uh, Tony, he's all wrapped up and he gave us a great overview. And uh, Eric, it's great to meet you. I'm uh, glad to make new friends around here. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I'm my, I apologize again. I'm listening on my, on my laptop from my other account. And so I hope you guys can hear me okay now. Thank you. Thanks, you. Eric. Eric, you mentioned like a retail brand. Can you talk a little more about that? You're starting a retail brand and maybe using NFTs with that. Could you talk a little more about that? 
Yeah, I'm part of that team right now. So basically, they have like a um, one cafe brand and then one um, beverage brand, like a retail beverage brand where it's like a bar in the U.S. where you, if you have your NFT that they issued, you get a discount and then some other perks like one plus one for coffee and drinks, things like that. So we're trying to build like legitimate companies out of those uh, retail brands. So we're um, you know, um, creating the PowerPoint to get some investments and then trying to have some plan to open up more retail offices, retail locations in Korea. And then we ultimately we're trying to expand to the world like Europe, the other part of Asia and the US as well. Now, I'm not sure if this is just a little That's bit super of a cool thing. I'm going to come back to you in a moment. I hope, I hope the lag is not too much. Dave, so thankful for you. You don't know what you mean to our project and to me personally. Uh, it's just incredible the kind of person that you are and the influence and the impact you're making in this space. Dave, you say on your Twitter intro, big dreams start with little steps. Did you ever? Did you ever imagine that after starting your Twitter account in one year, you would have almost 27,000 followers and that all of these doors would open? Tell us about your journey and how you've gotten to this point. Thank you. Uh, more lovely introduction twice. Um, and it's a pleasure to be here and, and meet um, Eric, uh, EQ, um, and uh, the, the team at Metamistic. Um I know Neil and Corey a little bit, um, um, but thank you for having me here. Um, no, I didn't expect to have this many Twitter followers. Like I'm still blown away. I'm essentially 13 and, uh, months and two weeks, uh, maybe. I know Neil and Corey a little bit, um, um, but thank you for having me here. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> Tony, thank you, sir. I can deal with the double, the double speaking there. Um, that was strange, um, but no, it's. Uh, it's been a crazy journey. It's been a ride, but it's it's been built from having core values. And we're talking about, uh, you know, branding and building an effective uh, brand. And I, I think that in, in Web3, for me, the thing that I've seen stand out is, is that people buy into personal values um, and they buy into, you know, genuine personal values. Um, the, the, the ones that they can see being accountable, standing up for what they've seen um, and or you know showing what they stand for um in in terms of whatever it is whether it's financial whether it's emotional whether it's uh about building a brand like whatever direction you go in and, and for me that's been you know the more sort of human uh values if you like sort of compassion kindness consideration empathy trust love um because i, I think um I genuinely see the job market changing over the next five years um, and how people are going to respond with each other and how they're going to own uh, their careers in a in a different way from from potentially corporations. Um, and I think if you can build solid foundations and understand what you represent and what you mean, um, then the relationships that you build are going to offer that much more value. Um, and that's kind of how I've built everything is, is based on those principles um, and, and those foundations. And yeah everything's kind of gone from there and it's gone absolutely crazy like like insane um i, I had no idea and some of the conversations that i have and, and how people uh interpret me i mean I, I i i didn't even buy my first nft until july last year so um it's it's been quite a rapid rise to say the least if you were giving one piece of advice to someone who 
who would like to take the journey that you've taken and would like to build their brand, what would be the main piece of advice you'd give to them? Work out what your core values are as an individual. So um, ask your family and friends, the people that you align with in real life, the people that you're close to. Um, you know, like what do they? What what are they like? What do what kind of personality do they have? What what attracts you as an individual to them? Because that's likely going to be where your core founding principles uh, align. Um, those people that you have built strong natural relationships with, um, and and then from there wrap that into whatever you want to do. Um, because it means that that you're going to believe in the the product that you're putting out there. You're going to believe in everything that you're delivering or trying to deliver um, and that will shine through uh, in, in what you're putting out. Thank you, Dave. Now, any of you feel free to jump in and especially since I'm having this lag, so just jump right in and, and speak to this question. It's been said you can buy followers, but you have to earn fans. How do you earn fans? And that would be people who really are invested in, in your influence. Someone, any of you speak to that. You can buy followers, but you have to earn fans. How do you earn fans? I could start this off real quick. And I would say the first thing is, is really uh, knowing your audience and being consistent. I would say consistency is probably the number one factor that goes into building community. Like for my TikTok channel, for example, at 56,000, that's taken, you know, almost two years at this point. Um, so there was a couple months here and there where you know, the numbers would spike exponentially, but then there's other mother, other months where it's kind of slow. Um, you just kind of have to get used to that. It's with the seasons, things, everything. But yeah, I totally get that because at the end of the day, if you're buying all your followers, you're not going to get any sort of overall engagement unless you're buying the engagement as well. Once you go down that path of buying everything, you're going to have to buy it. Um, like, for example, and, and the thing that happens with a lot of this that people don't understand is that with these big companies, when they do these like large buying hypes, they buy huge numbers at the beginning with the idea of, of baiting FOMO buyers to join the community. So people go in and they see, oh, wow, this community has 100,000 people. And I see these three posts have a ton of engagement on it. They must have a very active community. And then next thing you know, everyone starts jumping in. It's like, a, like you know, everyone wants a piece of it at that point. So it's kind of just creating this mass hysteria and this mass hype around the brand in order to allow um, for people to really feel that FOMO. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have that strong audience or if you're building organically, you might not you're not going to get that same pool as someone that, you know, has that VC funding. For example, like if we're going to talk about, you know, NFT projects with VC money or funding, there's certain NFT projects that will go and do that in the beginning, like Goblin Town, for example. Um, that's why they were free mints, because they didn't need any revenue from that mint. They were fully funded on the back end. So what they needed to do was create a free mint and create enough drive FOMO hype and and this unique story and this unique feel to the point that people needed to jump in because at one point then at the other side of it is because the mint was free you get even more FOMO in the process because now you see that they are selling for let's say 10 ETH for example and you go wow if I wouldn't have been sleeping maybe I would have grabbed it at zero and I would have been able to make 10 ETH so if you don't have a strong trader mentality you don't understand the markets as a as a nuance or like as a as an intermediate beginner kind of nft buyer trader seller you're gonna see that and go oh damn maybe i should buy this at 10 eth before it goes up to 20 eth and that's the trap because then you end up being the exit liquidity and that's really like the buying of followers and the buying culture of content at the end of the day it really just comes down to 
uh, how you're going to treat your audience. If you're buying everything from the start, more than likely you're going to dump on them and use this ex- exit liquidity. When you're building organically from the start, you're building these relationships with everyone, you know, step by step, brick by brick. And you're, you're invested, you're passionate, you're an active founder, you're this and that. And you're way less likely to, you know, go down that route or want to use people as exit liquidity because you've built and structured the business a completely different way. Yeah, I think thanks, yeah, thanks so much, EQ. Some great a, thoughts our, there. One of our other guests would like to speak to that. How do you earn fans? Yeah, I was going to say EQ's point is a good one. Uh, on top of that, I think if you bring value to your audience, you'll be able to build up your fans slowly but surely. So, for example, I spent a lot of time digging into the origin stories of successful NFT projects and, and then NFT Twitter accounts. And then everyone wants, wants to know about them. Like, if you are an NFT collector, you want to know about the origin story of Azuki, for example. If you are an NFT project founder, you also want to know about the origin story of Azuki so that you can replicate some of their success uh, strategies. So I spent a lot of time analyzing like um, their tweet story, their numbers, how they're able to earn fans. And then usually I, I take like two or three days writing down like really good Twitter thread. And then once I publish them, it tends to get a lot of good traction from some of my fans because I put a lot of time and effort to it. And then that's something that resonates with them. I'll say something quick on that. Um, I appreciate the stage here, Tony. I, I want to say also one thing that I've always noticed um, that, that that makes a big impact when I'm looking at what investments to go in the direction of is the genuine nature, right, of the person who is involved as the founder or the creative team. Um, that's what really gets me motivated to uh, stay along for the long term, right? Like if I can tell that this is something that you've poured passion into, um, and that you don't just want to see as like this, like little extra side thing you're doing just to make money. That's what really like hooks me from across the board, right? Like we want to make sure that everything that we involve ourselves in, like the projects I've invested heavily in, I've always made sure that like I can relate very well to the founder and I know their motives and you got to be yourself, right? Like I've tried the, oh, hype, oh, scream, oh, do this, oh, that. It's just not me, right? So, like, you got to you gotta just make sure you come back down to zero and uh, level with everybody um, because I feel like people are looking for real, genuine humans out here, right? Like, that's, that's why we all came in this space, right? Maybe it's to make money, maybe to do this. But what it really – why we all stayed in this space is because we found great humans. And the more genuine you are with your community, the more genuine you are with your interactions on these social media platforms – uh, the more that people will actually relate to you and invest in who you are rather than just investing in what the project does. Thanks, Neil. This is, this is so unusual. Like I can hear you fine. Um, I can hear EQ, but when Eric is speaking, I can't hear him at all from my, from my phone. So I apologize. And I'm having trouble hearing Dave as well because, uh, but anyway, thank you guys for running with it. Corey, can, can you speak on to make sure I can hear you when you're speaking? Corey, can you hear me? And I wanted to see. Um, if you... Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear. Uh, I can hear Dave. I can hear EQ. I've heard everything so far. So uh, I think it's the co-host. I'm not. I have a couple of co-hosts. Maybe I'm not able to hear them. Can you hear me, Manic? I don't. I don't think you can, Corey. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Let's say maybe try knocking them down into a speaker. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to drop down and I'll uh, come back. 
Yeah, let me just try that. Let me just make you guys speakers and see if if that would work. So whilst you guys are, are, are playing around on the back end with that, I'd just love to touch on that that last. Okay, let's try here. now. Corey, speak oh. again. Let me see if I can hear you now, just as a speaker. Yeah, he can't hear you either, Dave. That's funny. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Can you hear me now? I apologize. I am going to be relocating soon. Can you can you guys hear me okay? Can uh, yep. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear okay, you now, perfect. Corey. Go ahead, buddy. So, I'm going to be relocating soon. It's really difficult to work in Web3 when you can't get connected uh, on, a, on a consistent basis or you're having these, these VPN problems. I apologize. Uh, hopefully, we got everybody back up now. And, Neil, thanks for those comments a few moments ago. That was incredible. And I'm so glad that we have Amanda from SOS Kids in this space tonight love what she's doing. Amanda, if you can hear me, why don't you just give us a greeting, just give us a quick update on your project before we ask another question to our guest. Good morning, guys. It's very, it's not very early, but 7.30 in the morning at my house, and I am in the midst of the hustle and bustle of getting everybody off to school, but I saw your space going, and I wanted to jump in and say hi. We are we got a lot of things going on. It's all my favorite people are in your space too. I love it. So I want to say hi to Sam and Dave. And anyway, okay, let me go. So we are gearing up to have our live streaming gameathon, and we need live streaming gamers. So if any of you guys in here are gamers, I would love to hear from you. Let me start at the top. I'm sorry. My brain's still a little bit asleep and I don't drink caffeine. <laughs> my name is Amanda and I am the, the founder of the SOS Kids Club. We are a charitable nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and loving the survivors of suicide, inspired by my then 14-year-old son, Gar, who lost his father in January of this year. And one of my main missions is putting the fun back in fundraiser right alongside with, sorry, I have a, have a little guy looking to go potty, go potty, go potty. We're getting ready to leave. Go potty. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry about that. So we are, we are going to be providing in-home services to our families and that allows for our therapists to have a better relationship with the kiddos, therefore having more effective therapy sessions. And then the second prong of the mission is our game. I don't know if we're going to do a game or if we're going to try and partner with games. And I want to get an SOS button. I'm thinking I want to partner with games and get an SOS button in every game that we can. So that way, while people are playing, mainly children, they can hit that button when they're having a bad time in their day and someone from the crisis line can reach out to them. So it'll work as a reverse crisis line in effect. And then the idea behind that is that we're able to get to them when they're having those small dark moments. So they don't accumulate into big dark moments when they get past the point of no return. So with that, our first fundraiser will be on international survivors of suicide day on November 19th. And that's going to be a game because it's a, because it's such a heavy topic, I want to put the fun in fundraising and I want to help people. I want to help lift people up. And so 
We're looking for live streaming gamers. If anybody knows any, send them my way. I want everyone to game the game of their choice. If they love live streaming, even better. We've partnered with the Angel Alliance. Thanks to Matic Man. He was very key in making that happen. And I appreciate it so, so much. And we have five or six projects that are, uh, that are, are committed to helping us with their NFT projects, which we will be having an NFT project too as a fundraiser. 100% of the proceeds will be going directly back into the foundation. That just isn't coming together as quickly as I had originally hoped it would, but that's kind of the nature of the NFT world these days. So anyway, sorry, Matic man, that might've been a little bit longer than what you were looking for. Not at all, Amanda. We're so thankful for what you're doing and we appreciate those in this space that are really focusing on mental health. I see uh, Vans, Dave recommended her to us. She was in a space with us about two months ago, did an incredible job. I know she works a lot with Polygon Alliance. We're glad to see you in the space. I know uh, Graciela with MetaMystics, they do a, a Wellness Wednesday and really focus on just people's mental health. And we really appreciate that. And then my dear friend Tyler from Lost Hope Society. Uh, Tyler, go ahead and speak, man. Love you, my friend. Appreciate you so much. Hey, Tony. Nice to see you all, guys. Amazing guests up here. Why is my hand still up? I don't know. Is it up? Is it down? I don't know what's going on right now. doesn't matter. I just wanted to come in and say, Amanda, we love you so much. I'm so glad. I rugged when I first come in, but I'm so glad to see SOS's kids are an official partner of Lost Up Society, and we love everything they do. So let me just go. Give me a second. I'm just going to go to SOS Kids, and we're going to pin someone up at the top right here. Their fundraiser, everybody show out, everybody go show support, and go give them a follow as well. Go give them a follow because they're doing amazing things. Me and my lead designer, Munch, have started their own side project called You Are Enough, and we're going to be donating 30% of that to SOS Kids. And I'm working hard, Amanda. I'm working hard. I'm trying to get a sold out. <laughs> I'm trying to get a sale, but we'll get there. We'll get there, okay? <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. There's so much love in this space. I love it so much. The NFT community has just all gathered around with great big hugs for our project. And it has just been so amazing and heartwarming to watch and get to be a part of. It is just, it's it's just been amazing. It's been amazing, including you, Matic Man. You've been, you and Lost Hope Society have been, and Sammy have been our biggest, earliest supporters. And I just love you guys all so, so much. Oh, it's it, no problem at all. You don't even need to thank us. And this is what I think Web3 is about. We keep talking about mass adoption. For what? I'm going to be honest. Let's look into it. There's, there's avenues, okay, merchandising maybe, but I really think the core thing is is wellness be that mental health or, or anything else i think it's amazing and when i see projects like this i just want to dive on it and i love the polygon is, is a big help for that and i just i just love the projects i've connected with yeah met mr to get up yeah I, I love speaking with you guys hi everybody uh amanda i miss you <laughs> well we're gonna catch up soon um, i know i miss you too so I think I just wanted to say like human connection, I think is the biggest aspect between web two and web three is that we get to join on these platforms and have interactions with quote, like the top people of running the brand or the NFT 
or the metaverse, whatever it is, um, if they're available and not a rug pull, um, they will show face and and like talk to you and stuff. So I think it's the human connection and getting to know people that make Web3 so beautiful, along with like all the magical possibilities and the technology that we have available. But that's my two cents. And I'm going to step down. <laughs> Thank you. Dave, if someone came to you, they see, you know, Dave has almost 27,000 followers. Dave has all these doors are opening for him. If someone came to you and they said, okay, I, I want the key ingredient to become a KOL or a KOI, um, what is the key ingredient? I know you've talked about, you know, finding, you know, your core values and those type things, but maybe if they probed a little bit deeper, what else could you give them as far as advice? I know the platform that you're on for a start. So know how information is wanted on the platform that you want. I mean, there's so many ways to look at this. You can go from a technical analytical perspective and how you attack information and content, um, or you can look at the people aspect and, and um, you can go down the business, the educational route. Um, and, and I think for me, the key thing is, is being real. You said fans earlier on. Um, and, and for me, like that just doesn't quite sit right. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I, I've got people who support me, uh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'd hate for them to think of themselves as one of my fans as such, like that's not where I'm at. So it, it goes back to that point for me is, is be genuine, be yourself, be visible, be accountable, uh, be willing to communicate. Um, and, uh, you know, things aren't always going to go your way. Be open to communication in that point. It's super, super important. Um, and, and they're probably the things that have enabled me and given me the platform. And, you know, like, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm going to stop there because I'm rambling. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for those thoughts. And EQ, go ahead. Yeah, no, Dave, that was amazing. I just wanted to add on what you were saying because that was pretty much the point that I was going to say was basically know your audience and what you were saying about entertainment, educational content on point. You really need to know. And, and what you're saying, too, from the technical versus the person, I like to look at both. So even in my notes, I wrote, you know, remember how to get to know. Uh, remember how people get to your content. Are they finding it through search? Are they finding it through a four year page? Are they finding it through just a generalized randomized algorithm? Or is it things that they're actually searching for? And then you also need to. And then my other piece of advice for anyone that's creating content is you need to know the difference between where to put the entertainment content and where to put the educational content, because for example, and I don't mean this in any sort of negative way. This is just how it works. On TikTok, you have to grab attention immediately. You have what I call goldfish attention span. So if you don't grab the person in the first one to two seconds, sometimes in the first half second, you're not going to get their attention at all. It doesn't matter how long the video is, how great the content is. You're not going to get it because it's driven by a for you page. It's driven by an algorithm and they're just stumbling across things. It's basically like a stumble upon. So you need to be able to grab that person's attention within the first one second. Whereas with YouTube, majority of YouTube content is going to be through search. So people are dedicated looking for things. So you're, you're going to be able to tie in your educational and your, and your entertainment, but your educational content will thrive much more on YouTube versus what on TikTok, for example, because the people on YouTube are going to be using the platform for something different than the people on TikTok. If I'm on TikTok and I don't necessarily care or know anything about NFTs and out of nowhere, someone just jumps on my screen and is trying to educate me on something I don't care, I'm going to go past it. Now, if I'm on YouTube and I go type in, you know, best NFT projects, I'm specifically looking for NFTs now 
So that educational content is going to be much more valuable on that platform. You said a word that like scratched the back of my brain, stumble upon. Is that still a thing? I wish it was, but no, I I used to use stumble upon all the time too. Sorry, Sam, I see you. I I let you go after too. But yeah, I used to use stumble upon all the time. That was something that used to always grab my attention. I thought it was super fascinating because that was the kind of, I wouldn't say the first one, but that was kind of the, the revolutionary kind of like, okay, so there's just so much on the internet that I have no idea about. How about you just tell me, based on my interests, where you think that I should be putting my attention and my, my time to? I think the similar points apply to the newsletter as well, where I have to grab an immediate attention from the topic and uh, the topic sentence and then the, the next sentence. So every time I write a newsletter, I focus a lot on the first sentence for, of each paragraph. So if I'm a, I'm a reader, if I skim through the, the article, like each first sentence of each paragraph, and then it's kind of doesn't really make sense. It's not coherent. I just move on. So I just focus a lot on the first sentence of each paragraph. So everything is, everything is coherent with the topic that I'm going to talk about in that newsletter. Tremendous thoughts. I'm also a teacher and I love to write. And I know just last week teaching students here in Beijing about that introduction, that opening paragraph and the hook trying to get uh, the readers interested right away. Are there some hooks that are very, very beneficial, like when you're producing content online, whether it's YouTube or, or TikTok? Are there some hooks that have been effective for any of you guests? Or even in your writing, Eric, are there some hooks that you've found are very effective in getting the attention of the listener or the reader? Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to thinking about what people want to read. So, for example, I'm going to the next article I'm writing right now is about the open seas blacklisting zero loyalty marketplaces. So that's like a big topic. That's what a lot, a lot of people want to know more about. So I think. Just thinking about your uh, reader's perspective, what they want to what they want to read, what they want to hear, what they want to watch. I think it's going to help a lot. Go ahead, Sammy. Hey, Tony. So, yeah, I think it's about like hyper target niches. Right. So, for example, you yourself, the Matic man, you've placed yourself in a in an amazing position as a writer, as an influencer in the Polygon space, which like as a host for spaces, I also like to ask questions. So it's good to turn the conversation back to you because you've also been able to accomplish these things yourself by becoming the Matic man and and growing a presence in the space alongside of a brand polygon or a, a blockchain rather so i think um you have like great input there too by honing in on what it is that you're trying to accomplish and it's growing a community within the polygon space so you've been amazing at at being specific at what your goal is and i think for any content creator you must have a specific niche or goal in order to accomplish what it is that you're trying to do as the influencer. Sammy, what really helped me with that is I'm so sold on Polygon. I can't imagine trying to, to be involved in the ecosystem or trying to become an influencer or build a brand with a product that you don't really believe in. But I believe so much in Polygon that it's really easy to promote Matic because I love it, I, it's, you know, it's become part of who I am. And also, I remember 
uh, not long after I got started. I, I started, Dave, I started my Twitter account in, in December of 2021. So it's been about 10 months. And I remember about month three into my journey, I was in a space I was actually invited to. It was a, it was a space that was hosted by a lot of a lot of protocols on near the near network and but they asked me to help like co-host and i said can i invite this guy named narb narb trading he's in the polygon ecosystem and he's really built you know quite a following you know people respect him and and he was in that space and again i was only three months into my journey and i never forget what he said dave he said you know i've been able to grow influence by just wanting to add value to people and just being genuine and and i've tried to adopt that as well i try to try not to have ulterior motives just have a genuine attitude i want to help people i want to uh, lift people up and people gravitate toward that go ahead dave just in catching capturing content and i think very like little word plays and things like that are massive ask a question make a statement that's quite not in your face but is you know relevant to your beliefs and your attitude in in those opening lines that eric was talking about um you know like if you're going to be talking about uh, an nft project with clocks for example as the artwork then you might want to make your tweet a bit timely for example like it's it's little things like that that will just uh, like they they get the brain to stop for a second and they they just they make that micro attachment to the attention um and then from then um that's and it's kind of what qr was saying about um sorry eq qr what's wrong with me eq was saying about tiktok um and uh that that instant you need to get hold of someone straight away um so i just really wanted to make that point about content and capturing people's attention that's great go ahead qr aka eq <laughs> I love it, Dave. I just wanted to build on what you're saying too. Again, like I'm, I'm piggybacking what you guys are saying, Eric and Dave. You guys, uh, you're both very knowledgeable in this space too. I can tell. So I just want to add some things. And then we're talking about grabbing attention immediately. At the end of the day, at least for me, what I found most successful is that emotions drive everything. The most successful posts on social media are driven by emotion. It doesn't matter if it's sad, happy, angry, but anger will typically get the most traction because it causes conflict in the comments which naturally brings people back over and over again just because they want to argue with each other and you're going to drive basically it's kind of i use it like the same concept as politics the reason why american politics are are uh, like democrat versus republican for example you don't want to have too many parties that you could separate you want almost like a 50 50 division so when you're asking certain questions or you're asking with an engaging content or engaging question when you ask something that's a little more sensitive or one where you're gonna get more of a split 50-50 answer on your audience, those are gonna be the types of things that are gonna drive a lot of engagement because people end up being passionate about those things. And at the end of the day, it also comes down to how you really word the first few seconds. Because for example, if I'm talking about a Bitcoin technical analysis video, if I start my intro with, I'm gonna show you why the Bitcoin chart is showing some weakness and has potential pullback. Yeah, it's interesting that might work on YouTube, but it's probably not gonna work on TikTok. Whereas on TikTok, if I want to talk about that, if I wanted to get someone emotional, I could start by saying, Bitcoin's going to zero dollars. And that's it. And when I say that, someone is going to get triggered in the comments or somewhere. 
And that is going to cause them to want to watch the rest of the video to see why I even said that Bitcoin was going to go to zero dollars. Even if I reference five seconds later that it was an absolute joke and I don't think it's going to go there. The fact that I made this emotional response and gave this person a reason to want to like, what the hell did he just say to me? You know, that I drove this person into the curiosity of what the rest of the video is about. And that's really like the major part of driving emotion and using emotion as the vehicle. That's great. Great thoughts. I mentioned the influence that NARB had on me early in my journey. Uh, Neil, I know that Dave and Polygon Alliance has been a big influence in your journey. Can you speak about the influence of people like Dave in your journey and getting you to the point where you've become a, a KOL in the Polygon ecosystem now? No, I mean, um, I've, I've, I've told Dave this a lot, right? Like we just, my first month, two months, three months even, I just sat in the listener section and listened, right? I, tell, I talked that that's like a huge portion of what you should be doing out here is if you're talking all the time, maybe like go to some spaces where you don't know things. Um, and I mean, I, I've told this a thousand times, but like the only reason I have <clears throat> any sort of like leadership in, in our ecosystem at this point is because of what I've learned from people like Dave, right? It's the education basis that they're providing. It's the, it's the connective tissue between everything that we do here. Um, and now I have the ability to speak on it all. Right. And I feel like my own leader and it's, it's, it's an amazing experience. And, and my, and I'll pat myself on the back. My growth this year has, has been really, really enjoyable for my own, um, you know, self satisfaction out of what we're doing here. Right. You could sit on the sidelines and just kind of sit back and accept things as they are, or you can try to push the ball in the right direction. And obviously I give Dave a lot of love, Beluga, all the people that have built our huge entire family. It's, it's the reason why I, I, I still come out here because you can see the passion that they are bringing, right? Like that's the main thing. I, I, I connect with people because of who they are. Um, and when you connect with somebody's passion and then you can pass that on, like I coach, I teach on the side as well. Um, that's something I'm big on. And it's, it's something that now I can do in my everyday life through web three and it's changed my entire life. So exactly. Appreciate that, Tony. Thanks, Neil. You know, talking about building brands, but not just personal brands, I think that Polygon Alliance is so key to the future of the Polygon ecosystem. And Dave or Neil, can you share with us some thoughts about how the influence, the brand of Polygon Alliance could grow even, even more, that it could be even more influential in this ecosystem? And again, what Neil and you are doing, Dave, with these uh, spaces, the Polygon NFT spaces, just had the second one. That's huge. What are some other thoughts? Maybe you guys have some other plans. I'd actually love to hear your take on this, Neil, because like I've been trying to like re, I don't know, energize. Uh, we lost some momentum. Some people had to step away. There's no revenue. Um, there's no budget. This has all been built from, you know, goodwill, free time, hard work, um, genuine people to to try and offer a platform where we can pull some resources um, and potentially offer an avenue to help people grow exposure, maybe income one day. Um, but Neil, I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe what we could do better because I've spoken to you and Zalgo about sort of helping VAs with, you know, networking um, and, and, you know, sort of like, I suppose PR is the wrong word, but the right kind of word in the wrong way, if that makes sense. No, I mean, um, I think, you know, the last few weeks for us have been very interesting, too. Um, it's, you know, we have a lot of trends in our, in our ecosystem that are pushing us in the right direction to shed light on it. But it's our job to make sure that we take the ball and run with it, right? Because we are 
small creators. Like we're all very honest here, right? Um, the the things that are happening on the Reddit side of things, the things that are happening um, in the Instagram direction as well. Um, making those connections and making sure that those people understand that we are building a ton of value is my main way of doing that for sure, right? Like everyone saw, we hosted Megaspace last weekend, weekend before that, we're, we're tracking, you know, a, a ton of people coming into those spaces and it's, it, it's excellent, right? That's one thing I always want to continue to do, um, you know, bang the drum as loud as possible. But I think it's, it's really making sure that people understand that this door is, is wide open and that we're providing a ton of education wherever we go, right? Um, I, I jump into spaces nowadays almost on the daily with Reddit, um, you know, with, with, or with people that are on the Reddit side. I've seen some of the people jump into this space actually, which is pretty fun. Um, but they, you know, they host daily spaces and uh, it's with the Reddit artists. It's with their, you know, it's with their team members, their developers and all the people that, built their, that are building their um, their greater community. And um, I think I need to slow down a bit as far as the way that I talk about it, maybe, um, and really break it down to the like the minute level of how the tech works, right? Because, I mean, we all know like what Polygon does, right? ZK and Rollups and, and, and Avail and all these big old project ideas, but it needs to be broken down a little bit more to the why, right? Like that's really what I'm trying to push more than anything. Cause I, I got on stage and all these people were asking Polygon questions in a Reddit space. And, uh, I, I, I will never say I'm speaking over somebody's head because everyone has different levels of education in this space, but I, I may have overloaded things a little bit more, right. than I was, ne- that was necessary. And though they were all like, you should come back, you should talk more, but like, give us two or three weeks to actually go into the research ourselves so that we could have a high level, uh, you know, conversation about it from, from a, you know, educated standpoint. So I'm going to kind of go back to the drawing board. I actually bought like a bunch of whiteboards and I'm hanging and I have them hung in uh, my attic which I nicknamed my Matic for those of you who don't know that yet. I make that joke all the time. Um, and I am going to start kind of like mind mapping the way this conversation should go from an entry level position. Um, and I want to make sure, and it's something I do in my real, my, my full-time job in sales and in marketing. Um, you know, every single person will have a different level of education and you just need to see which portion of the funnel you need to go to that they want to know more about, right? So I think I'm going to really kind of go back to the drawing board and ensure that I'm getting better at what I do so that I can speak on it from a, a more, um, you know, absorbent uh, perspective. Does that kind of make sense there, Dave? It does. It does. Um, I don't understand. Like, I need to speak to you about how we push Polygon Alliance forward with all of that. But that makes sense from a Polygon perspective, 100 percent. Um, just before we moved on, um, I spoke to a platform called Trust, T-R-U-T-S dot X-Y-Z, um, and uh, some exciting stuff for Polygon Alliance and another place to, to be listed um, and another resource that, that we can use um, and that we can use as a community because they're willing to give us our own tag as a community, um, essentially because of, of what we've created. So, uh, and, and um, you know, I had a good chat with them this morning. I just need to sort of double check that and run that by my the core team that we've got building. And that's hopefully something we could put in place over the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's lots of things that, that we're trying to do um, behind the scenes from Neil's perspective, from from everyone else, you know, my creative hours, Vans and Jay in terms of 
having specific areas where we can lead and and offer knowledge and resources um, and that ability to to grow and network as in from individual creators perspectives or or from community perspectives as well so um yeah that's kind of where we're at at the moment and um we're, we're going to keep pushing and we're always interested in ideas insight thoughts and, and and help as well help is something we're always interested in thanks dave Neil, I, I think I mentioned this to you in another space about a week or two ago. I just stumbled into a space, and I didn't know you were in there. And the t about the time it went live for me, um, you were like on the hot seat because you were the only Matic person in the space, and they were saying, "Oh, you're a Matic maximalist, and you think Matic's the only, you know, the only blockchain." And and you did a masterful job of of working that crowd, of you know, talking with them. Uh, you got your point across, but it didn't come across in an arrogant way. So I commend you on that. And what can we do? Again, Dave, you've heard me say this, and, I, and this is so true from my standpoint, the importance of Polygon Alliance. What can the community do to help Polygon Alliance? Right now, we need to we need to start, you know, making sure the tools and resources on there are how you want to see them, um, and we need to we need to make sure that we're using the website. Um, it's got basic forum stuff on it, but um, that's that's the best thing that we can do right now and and drive interest there, especially with potentially some of the changes we might be seeing here here on Twitter. What I never thought I could be called. See? Oops, sorry, Tony. I never oh, thought I could get, get called a maxi in any way, but if I'm, it, that was pretty funny. Um, I was like, well, the ecosystem only exists because Ethereum exists, so I'm not really sure how that works out. And then I got a DM but from somebody else in the same space, Tony, and it was like, you sound like the wolf of Polygon up there. And I'm like, all right, everyone chill. I need to, need to tear back a little bit. Hey, you did a great job, man. I, I mean, you, I, it was all Ethereum people. And of course, as you said, Polygon's built on Ethereum. We have great love for Ethereum, but we love Matic as well. So, Tyler, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, I just wanted to give a little bit of feedback to Dave and, and the other guys from Polygon Alliance because Lost Up Society has just become um, PA verified or Polygon Alliance verified. And um, I just wanted to give my perspective. If that's okay, is that all good? Yeah, is that cool? Can I, go, can I run with that? Go for it. Cheers, Tony. Yeah, so I think the main thing I take away from it is, and now Dave has spoken about this openly, that it took quite a while to get us verified, but I didn't care. I didn't look at Polygon Alliance as, ooh, I want to get verified with them so my follow account will go up. I looked at it as, really from its basics, it's an alliance. And I'm not, I am a bit of a maximalist on other blockchains. I don't see this. I don't see these these partners coming together to help one another and being under one banner. And I, that's what that's what made me fall in love with Polygon and, and the network. And the first time I met you, Tony, that's what blew my mind when I met you is just the way you were talking about your project, the name dropping so many other projects. And it blew my mind. I'm so used to it kind of being a one-man race or one-woman race or, you know, just a one-project race, everybody in it for themselves. And I think... Definitely from Lost Hope Society, we would love to help Polygon Alliance in any way because it's, it's, it's an alliance. And I think it should be, as you guys are saying, you would get in the tools for us, but then the projects were verified, we should be helping as well. Because if we want to be on that platform and on this cohort, we should be doing things to help as well. So Dave, anytime you need any help with that, you shoot a message my way and I'm happy to help because it's, it's an alliance. And I just think it's, a, it's an incredible thing that, 
to me, it just says what Polygon is. And I've always said this, it's, it's a Polygon family. We're all trying to make it together. And I think that, that's why I love Polygon so much. And, and Polygon Alliance are making big moves. And do, do you know what I mean? I'm really proud to be a part of, of that project. And I want nothing but success for it. And you've got the best people leading it. Guys, I want to say something, and it may be taken wrong, and I hope not. But Dave is one person, and it, and I'm guilty of it as well. Hey, let's get the Polygon Alliance to to lead the charge, and because we all want Polygon to keep moving forward, we want to see mass adoption, and we and we believe Polygon Alliance can be a big part of that. But I think at some point, Polygon projects or either uh, the Polygon uh, leadership. We're going to have to put some money behind what Dave is doing. We can't expect someone to do what is going to amount to a full-time job without any pay because he has to live a life as well. So I think at some point, and it may not go, this may not go over well, but at some point, projects are going to have to get together or Polygon's going to have to allocate some funds if we want this to happen. Am, am I seeing things wrong? You guys, if no, I you're not. please correct me. No, you're not. And I'll jump in straight on that. That you know, we wouldn't be paying them. We'd be doing what we're all doing right now, which is investing. Because as you've said, Polygon Alliance are giving us tools back. So it's an investment. Like I'll say straight up as a founder of a project, I'd have no problem cutting a percentage out of a mint and sending it over to Polygon Alliance because it's <laughs> you're investing in them and they're investing in you and they're taking their time to help you. It's not anything else. And yeah, I think from a, a business standpoint, the longevity of it, it's got to happen at some point. But it's its so lucky right now that it's not as well because its a, there's no barrier to entry. But I'm a very strong believer of I look after people who've looked after me and we all look after each other. And absolutely, yeah, I don't I personally, and as I said, just me personally, I don't think that would be a, a big ask. I mean, just just quickly to jump in on this because it's been it's been really hard to try and figure out ways to drive revenue whilst holding true to these values, right? If we start putting advertising on there and giving priority position, then are we really being true to to what we want to stand for? So, figuring out income drivers into Polygon Alliance has been tough. Um, one of the things that I'd really love to do, and personally don't think it's unreasonable and it's been something that i've been trying to drive with with certain people and certain products and services um is 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 push them out with like you know built for polygon alliance by xyz um with a two and a half percent you know like cut to polygon alliance or five percent cut to polygon alliance like artists quite happily pay that to marketplaces to sell their work um and and for us to promote a, a product and a service that can benefit a lot of people that wraps into our values of being affordable and accessible. Um, I think that's the way, but like getting this information out clearly, building business structure, um, making sure that everything's, you know, fair, equitable, um, and that, that people are getting pushed effectively. Like there's a lot behind this from, from people who wrap all who everyone who helps us is all wrapped up with their own project as well as their own life and probably their own real life job um, on top of their family. So it, it, it's it's time consuming. It takes us working together. We tried to set it up decentralized. That was a bad idea because it it lost the direction like and momentum from sort of March through to August kind of time. Um, apart from one big charity event we did. Um, so I've kind of taken the reins with leadership, but I, I definitely need help and, and I need people. But it needs to be something that you're enjoying as well, because, it, it, you know, it can't be work because otherwise you get disinterested and, and disillusioned. So there's a lot to figure out. And I'm always open to conversations with people um, and ideas as well. Um, 
and anything that, that that's big or decision made in terms of revenue or, or anyone that wants to put money in kind of needs to needs to have like input on it from from several people at the very least if not a lot of people um just just whilst uh you know decisions key teams and everything else like that's figured out thanks david on a regular basis i get contacts and people ask me you know who are key people in the Polygon ecosystem. And I always mention Dave because, Dave, you are. And if there's a way that we could make it where you would have the time, like you do spaces every day, man. I don't know how you do it. Like two, and they often go over the two-hour mark. And you're grinding every day for the ecosystem. And I just wish there was a way that we could free you up because you have to live. I mean, you have responsibilities in life as well. So anyway, I just hope, we could all think about this. Maybe there's some some things we could push forward because Polygon Alliance is key. Eric, do you see any any things that, from a practical standpoint, you think that could be done that we could help build the brand even more of Polygon Alliance? Yeah, I just wanted to share my personal experience, like uh, building the relationship with the Polygon organization when I built the DeFi protocol earlier this year. So I needed some legal help about where to issue the token if I decide to issue a token like offshore. So I uh, asked some questions on the Polygon DAO, the Discord, and then I got an answer immediately from one of the members in that Discord. So eventually I got some legal help as well, as well as like accounting help. And then I ended up getting some grants as well. So overall process was really smooth. They are really trying to help me like much more than I expected. So I think that's like one big selling point that entire Polygon organization has, which is being able to help developers like me, like immediately in no time with some like material help. I think it's a big differentiator compared to like other organizations. Do you think one of the challenges is going to be as the Polygon ecosystem continues to grow? We've talked about this family feel that is present now, do you think there's going to be a challenge as the ecosystem grows to maintain that family feeling? And if so, what can be done so that we don't lose this relational aspect that we so enjoy in the ecosystem? Yeah, so when I built a relationship earlier this, earlier this year, I was pretty, I felt pretty close to the Polygon organization. I got assigned to like a bunch of individuals to give me some marketing help, accounting help. So I felt really, felt like a family, but they did tell me that the organization is growing rapidly. They're like restructuring the entire organization to support as many of developers as possible. So I think that one of the solutions is to deploy deploy, uh, people in relevant relevant departments, like more people for the marketing, more people for, for the legal, more people for... Uh, the developer relations, things like that. Great thoughts. Someone else with a thought? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll hop in straight on that. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but I think just from my own experience, th- there is a, a, a tiny bit of a gap between this, maybe the smaller projects and, and Polygon. Um, they're, and I understand as well that they, they're huge and they're growing rapidly. And the end of the day, they need to be focusing on these big, big partnerships they've been getting, which is amazing for everybody in the ecosystem. But do you mean on the Polygon DAO, you've got the grant 
um, and you've got the vouchers, which is amazing. But it is sometimes you can feel a little bit overwhelmed with it. And I just, as you said, I, I understand as well, they're restructuring and I'm hoping they can be just a little bit more, just noticeable to uh, smaller projects. And, and that'll be my only kind of thought on it. And I'm not bad mouthing Polygon in any way because I'm, I'm, I mean, our project collaborated with Polygon Studios and it, it was a great experience. But it, there's a lot of uh, influx of that. And um, I just hope that Polygon keeps their values because that's, that's really what it is about. That, that's what all oh, these massive collaborations are great. But what makes me love Polygon is the family feel 100%. And that's just my own uh, opinion. Go on, Dave. Yeah, I just I've had connects with Polygon DAO and Polygon Direct, and, and Polygon shifted so much that, I, that I've lost them. One of the issues for for Polygon Alliance not having the Polygon support per se is because we haven't known what to reach for directly. We haven't known exactly where our alignment is, um, and I know Narb's over at Polygon DAO um, now, so um, I'm speaking with him about having a chat. And and for me, really, all I want is to give Polygon. Um, or, or creators align into Polygon. That's all I wanted from that relationship was to to introduce people through the spaces, to even go to a Polygon DAO or a Polygon spaces. It, it wasn't about it happening through my spaces, but it was about trying to create that creator relationship a little bit more. So because if you want to go to the village or you want to go to the DAO, you've got to have quite a lot of stuff if you want to get support, right? You can't just go there and go, hi, please, can I have some support? I'm struggling. Um, you need to have white paper, you need to have like uh, light paper, you need to have other documents, you need to show that you're set up as a business. And um, I think for a lot of creators like Lost Hope Society just said, that's really, really daunting. Um, and, and all I want is to create that avenue, that support avenue so people uh, feel comfortable and, and not overwhelmed when they go to Polygon Down. I'm really, really, really hoping that Nob and I can, can push that forward a little bit and, and create an avenue somewhere with the support of other people in the community where where we can create, you know, that link between creators and, and Polygon again. Um, because I think, you know, artists are super important and they're feeling a little bit lonely right now. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, you've really, really emphasised the point I was kind of trying to make. Um, yeah, I felt that. And it is. If you go to the vouchers, that's great. I've signed up for some myself. A couple of weeks ago, there's really any correspondence as if it gets picked up. And yeah, the grant's heavy. There's a lot you've got to put on there. Like luckily we've, it gave me a bit of a, a motivation, you know, get a light paper done, get this done. But then there's only a handful picked. And if you look at the ones who do get picked, they are bigger projects, which naturally would, which is fine. But for an artist standpoint, if you were just a, an amazing one-on-one artist, so you didn't have this big expansive project, there's not much there. And I'll be honest with you. And from the collaborative standpoint, it, it, it's good, but there's a roof to it. It's it's kind of the support isn't as deep as you think it would be. But again, what Dave is saying is something that I really hope that can happen, where somewhere like Polygon Alliance could get that that kind of, do you mean stepping stone? And I think that would be amazing because Dave, as I know already, does the vetting beforehand, which I think is amazing, by the way. I loved that when I signed up for Polygon Alliance Verified, I had to send a post, my, 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 my name, my passport. I loved that. Really, really, really liked that. I shared that with my uh, core team, and they thought it was amazing that we had to, there was kind of a, a rugged defense, as you call it, KYC in place. And I think that's very important. And it would mean that for Polygon, it'd be quite easier. It's like, look, we vetted these projects. You can do your own thing. But, yeah, it'd be amazing to see. But 
we're all in our infancy here. That's the way I look at it. Even Polygon, we're all still in our infancy. So it'll be amazing to see where the time goes as Polygon gets bigger. Thanks, Tyler. We have Irfan and Irfan in our space, and I think he has a question. I want you to go ahead. He's a student. Can you? Did you have a question you had for one of our guests? Well, if you do, go ahead and speak up. Okay. Neil, astound us with some of your Matic maximalist knowledge about this subject. No, I can't do that right now. This is all family. I don't want to pop off as hard as I have to do it in other areas. No, and I mean, I think I think everyone's hitting it on the head, right? Like, the, all these moves are, again, NAR brought this up in the other stage, or in the other space that we had this Saturday, right? Um, you know, somebody said, how do you respond to saying that Polygon is centralized? And, you know, we all talk about our, our goals and our wants and our, and our aspirations for our space, and we talk about mass adoption. The steps they're making are very necessary. We understand that, right? Like Web 2 to Web 3 is the way that you bridge this gap, and you want these large brands to utilize the network and all these things. But as you all are saying, um, yeah, I, I, I want to make sure that we don't lose our why in all of this. And, and there's going to be a lot of excitement. And there's going to be a lot of good things happening. But additionally, I think like Dave said, you know, like, like what, what Tyler said here, like we want to make sure that small creators don't get left behind. And these last few moves, specifically this Instagram move, has been a a move for a polygon, right? I hope everyone understands that. Like that's that's okay though, right? Like that's that's fine. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we don't lose our authenticity in all of this. And I just hope that they feel the same way, right? Because the people that are getting access to the Instagram thing currently, they have they have money, right? They <laughs> they're they're big brands. They're they're large people that are that are. I mean, I, I'm very transparent, right? They have the dollars that Polygon wants in the space. That is again fine, but uh, I just don't want it to get. Um, I don't want us to overinflate what these things could mean for us. I want us to stay realistic and uh, make sure that we 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 keep on doing what we do the best, which is making sure the organic community stays whole. Yeah, I agree with that. And I could chuck two cents in there, but I'll let Tony go first. No, go, go right ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. You know me, Tony. I don't mix my words. <laughs> I'm glad there's another no, one in the space who agrees. Um, yeah, that's been something that's really grinded my gears, I'll be honest with you. Um, I understand why they're doing it, but I just want to make sure, and the, the way I'd word this is that we're bringing Web 2 to Web 3. We're not bringing Web 3 to Web 2. Where, do you mean the Reddit thing was great, but then when I went on Reddit, loads of people didn't understand what NFTs even were. Um, I, I seen quite a funny post about somebody asking for a refund on NFTs. And uh, yeah, that, that was a great one that was. But I want to make sure that at the end of the day, we're moving forward. We're not masking Web3 as something else to, to fit into Web2 money. That's something I, I'm not a part of. I don't want to be a part of. So, But on the flip side, I do understand, of course, Polygon need to get those big brands to get the big money. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen Polygon going nicely up in price. But I think if they get a mixture right, we're good. But yeah, that's something something I have noticed and I'm keeping an eye on as well, as you can imagine. Go ahead, Sammy. As a Polygon project that offers education as a part of its utility, I just want to put it out there that we might have our crypto basis is covered, but we are looking to help the ecosystem 
like Tyler said, bring web two to web three. So if anybody wants to help us build those curriculums um, for the ecosystem, we already have some in play. So this is exactly what we're trying to do is align ourselves with like-minded people that want to help educate and not just pull from people's wallets because they have the money, right? Like we want you to join the ecosystem because you believe in the project and because you understand what you're investing in. So <clears throat> Sammy, as I know we continue this guy to build these uh, sorry, what? I was just going to say, I know this guy who's a Harvard grad, who's a Notre, Notre Dame grad, who's a great writer. He might could help you. I could try to connect to his name's Eric. The guy's a pretty incredible writer. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, no, like that, that's why I'm putting it out there, because there's such incredible voices in this room. And we're all talking about the same thing as coming together and you know, breaking down those barriers for people and helping them understand what's going on in the ecosystem, why Polygon matters, why the people chose this ecosystem to build on and, and you know, what kind of people we are that are building in this ecosystem. So, um, and all the functions and all the stuff that goes with it. So it, like, if you want to build that content together, we are ready starting that foundation for it and we are giving that as a utility for the super for minting a metamistic superhero so you immediately get access to learning how to look at charts and do your own academy and things like that but we're looking to expand on that educational horizons and continue um like bridging that gap so what like this conversation is awesome and whoever wants to get in on you know building this educational content for polygon um dms are open let's go <laughs> yeah hit me up sammy you know i go you guys 100 percent. i love your project hit me up 100 percent. go ahead neil and again i just want to uh like that that's amazing i definitely we're going to connect in the background as well too i just want to casually point out that as this conversation has started the the uh the matic coin is up six percent not saying that's related but uh, the entire market is down 4% while we're up 6 And again, here I am complaining, uh, not complaining, pointing out the, uh, the, 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 the pathway and pointing out some of the flaws that I see in, in making sure that we get to a greater truth here while uh, our bags continue to stack, right? Like it's, it's a hard like middle ground that we all have to pay. We all have to play here. So I, I thank Polygon for making sure that my, my, my bags keep getting piled up. But at the same time, I, I want us to all not get uh, and forgotten is the wrong word, but it's the only one that's coming to mind. Because when you talk about like a business structure and what how they invest themselves, right? Um, you know, I, I've said the stat way too many times, but you know, over year over year usage of crypto and and, and engagement is overall is down by about fifty two percent. People in our ecosystem in general, but metaverse and gaming is up over like two hundred or three hundred percent in some instances. And that is what you're seeing a lot of these investments go towards in the direction of. Um, and I just, I, again, I'm not, I'm going to use the word forget. It's not the right word, but I just don't want us to get lost in, in, in the translation in the background here. Thanks, Neil. And I, I actually think there's a direct correlation between our conversation tonight and Maddox's 6% increase. I think you could trace it if we, if we took the time. We're talking about trading and EQ raised his hand. I know he's got something he can share with us on Alpha. Uh, yeah, so pretty much what I was really going to get into is I just want to bring in more of a devil's advocate perspective and really kind of tie it all to get, tie it all in together with the same idea we're talking about. So 
as a trader, I basically get to think like a like a VC or an institution would be thinking by trading like them. I tell that in my trading groups all the time. You want to be a successful trader, you need to learn how the big boys trade and where the big money moves. That's where you're going to be successful. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, they need liquidity and they need to make money in order to continue putting money into the ecosystem. So the Reddit and the meta news that came out were really made to pump the token, which in turn gets sold off by the ecosystem and the VCs. And that's used to fund through the bear run, aka, you know, the building run or like the building market, builder's market, whatever you want to call it. But these are necessary moves in order to make that money during a bear run to even get to the next bull run. So Polygon needed basically to, uh, to plan accordingly from like a corporate perspective, as well as um, allowing people to compete at a high level. And what I mean by that is since we're in the bear market and uh, all these projects and all these big ecosystems right now are competing for the attention of these Web2 brands. We are in this like current stage where it's all an integration and they're all starting to get that attention. So Polygon, knowing that, is going to want to jump in because they know that they have one of the better products and that they can jump in first. They knew that other blockchains were going to try to jump in. And if Polygon didn't leverage that opportunity, there could have been other ones. Like, for example, I'm sure they knew that Binance was going with Twitter. So, you know, with that in mind, they needed to, to find this realm and this this uh institutional area for them to to occupy to continue pushing through the bull or through the bear market because that's really one of the few things that are going to drive price you need the you need a story so like what i tell people in my group all the time too if you want to find a really good trade you need to find something that has a story something that people are very passionate about and something that can just explode like a dogecoin all it takes is one or two tweets from elon and it goes up 200 percent so it has a story behind it. It has the community behind it. And when people jump on board, they just eat it up. So I think Polygon was more so, I understand in everyone's perspective too, because we're a smaller NFT project as well. We were just added into Polygon Studios, Polygon DAO, and Polygon Village within the last month, basically two months. And we were onboarded through One Planet. So we went through their whole doxing process as well. So those are all things that we've done within the last month to continue building through the builder's market so that we can put ourselves in a certain situation in a in a position to to be able to last through this bear run because at the end of the day if you can't make it to the next bull run you're not going to make it in this in this industry and that's that's the sad truth of being in such a volatile market thanks cq go ahead tyler i just wanted to say that's a fantastic um perspective as well because i'm not I'm not any good at trading. I, I buy and hold. That that's that's my game, and it's great to see it from that point of view, where where I wouldn't have really understood it. So, and it makes a lot of sense. And this is what I love about these spaces: as you have, do you know what I mean? My comments are more emotionally driven, as you said. They're coming from my own passion. Where yours are coming from more, do you mean a real world application kind of side of things? So that's amazing. But I I love having people with different ideas and different experiences in the space because it makes us all learn together, which, which is great. So yeah, that's, that's something I haven't thought of before. And I'm always open to uh, having my mind changed or, or educated uh, as, as a matter of fact, really. This has been a wonderful space. We're about an hour and a half in as we start winding things down. Could we get some final comments from our guest? Who'd like to go first? We're talking about building our personal brand, but I think we're all more, probably more passionate about just pushing the entire ecosystem, Web3, forward, and then in particular, Polygon. Um, so anyone want to close? Go ahead, EQ. Some closing thoughts. 
Yes, thank you, thank you. And I just want to say, just because I was just saying all that stuff, none of that is financial advice. Don't take any of that as financial advice. It was all entertainment and educational purposes only. So don't listen to anything like I, what I was saying and take that as financial advice. First and foremost, second, for any of the projects that are listening in, I know uh, my co-founder, Metamistic Sammy, mentioned it, but I also just want to mention again that we have our NFT prize show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. EST. We highlight one project. We give you the floor to share your whole story. We will ask you all the questions. And, and honestly, we like to run everything in the way that's not like the most common. We like to ask questions that that are going to drive your 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 intellectual you know side of things. So it's not just like a so tell me how you got to Web3. You know, we're going to ask you some pretty in-depth questions and, and make the conversation very interesting. So for anyone that's interest, interested in that, please DM us, DM this account, DM the MetaMystic Superheroes account, and we'll get you and help get you set up so you can jump in on the NFT prize show because, yeah, we're, we're, we, we want to help everyone grow. You know, so it's not just for us and it's not just for the people on the show. It's for the people that are listening and the... For, and we speak on the behalf of maybe some people that, you know, are a little scared to jump on spaces or that are thinking about these things, but don't know where to go or who to ask. So, you know, we're again, it, for us, it's really just an educational platform. And we just, you know, give away NFTs and things like that at the same time while we're doing it to make it fun and incentivize. So anyone that is interested, please let, let us know. And we'd love to have you as a guest. We're having Tony and uh, the crypto crew as our guest tomorrow night. So if you do want to even check in and tune in and kind of see how it goes and our flow, please feel free to tune in tomorrow, 7 p.m. That's how I made the connection with Sammy and EQ. They invited me to one of one of those events and we've become dear friends since then. Love their project and just love them as people. And that's what, as Tyler said, that's really what Web3 is all about, making these connections and building these relationships. Thank you, EQ. Eric or Dave, some closing thoughts. Yeah, I just wanted, wanted to say my DM is open all day. It's just if you have any questions about growing your brand or growing your Twitter account, I'm trying to build my brand myself as well. So why not build it together? So please DM, DM me with any questions. Otherwise, please stay tuned for my Twitter threads and Substack articles. Thanks, Eric. Dave's great about supporting other people. I know he does like, I think it's on Sunday, like, uh, with NFTs, people um, display their NFTs on his on his channel, his Twitter account. I like what someone uh, had follow. I think it was called Follow Friday. This idea of just following one another. And why don't we do that? Take a moment right now and follow each other here in this space. I took a moment just a, a few minutes ago, and I followed everyone that was in the space at that time. Why don't we take a moment and do that? Uh, follow one another, support one another, build one another up. Uh, good to see Evie in the space. They're going to be having a, um, the doghouse is having a space tomorrow. And uh, she's hosting that and she's doing a great job. So good to see her growing in the Web3 experience. And she's going to be a star uh, in the future. We're excited about that. But let's follow one another. And Dave, some closing thoughts. There's no time like right now, Tony, no matter what you're doing, you can always find a reason to put something off like big life decisions, NFT project decisions, content creation decisions. Don't start now. Put something out there. You learn by doing um, as much as anything else in this world. Um, and uh, if there's one thing that I wish I'd done earlier, it was start my blog earlier. Um, and um, I don't like regretting things. So, uh, guys, go and start something now so that I don't have to regret it for you later.
And by the way, Dave mentioned his blog. You want to subscribe to his blog. Dave, how could they do that? Just go to your Twitter account? Yeah, I've got it. I've got it pinned on my bio. So it's uh, it's one click. It will sign up with the email that your Twitter's on. Um, it's yeah, as simple as I could possibly get it. Great. Any questions for our guest tonight before we close? So glad to have you in the space. All who've popped in, we've had quite a few pop in. Any questions? And again, great to see our friends from SIVA, Joe and Lars, and good to have community members from the Crypto Crew. We love you guys and see some community members from Meta Mystic Superheroes as well. Good to see you, Stody. Anybody? Anybody with a question before we close? Go ahead, Corey. Not really a question. Thank you for uh, giving me a second to talk. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for everyone for being here. All these amazing projects. Um, I'd like to say hi to everyone. You know, love everyone here. Matic, Lost Hopes, uh, uh, Siva, uh, Stoddy, man. I haven't seen you in the longest time, bro. Love you, miss you. Bro, man, everyone, everyone here. Love you all. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, you get a chance, go check out uh, Dave's uh, crypto goons there. Those things are fly as F. Take care, guys. Love you all. Have a good one. Study. I want to talk to you, bro. I miss you. I love you, bro. Thanks, <laughs> Corey, so much. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say, all, and I've probably DM'd every single person who said that they were open for a DM. So check your DMs, yo. <laughs> love you all, guys. Yes. Well, guys, why don't we close with a song? Is that okay? Have a good Monday. Take care. Hey, Munch. Good to see you, my friend. Stody, God bless, man. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Matic Monday, hosted by The Matic Man. Recorded on Monday, November 7th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Thanks to our friends at Spark IBC, you can now get Spark Points year-round for supporting TerraSpaces. For more information, check out terraspaces.org slash donate or sparkibc.zone. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the Leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Sitting in.
in a little den envisioning the middlemen listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next no one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol but it didn't matter we was all hyped up when the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill watched in the daytime till the night curfew rats in a cage till they make time to murky got a little job that falls under my purview we gotta get this mob away from the birds view gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middlemen, listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Ten spaces.